another. This week's episode is brought to you by... Hello! When everyone's sitting around the living room after their Thanksgiving meal and after the football games are over and they're watching the James Bond marathons on the telly, I know what you're thinking. We're all thinking it. Isn't it time casting went in a different direction with this James Bond character? Something bold? Something that's with the times? That's right. It's finally time for Bond to be played by an American. Let's get back at those Brits taking our jobs by taking one that's dearest to them. I nominate myself. Make me Bond. Do it. Or else we'll start throwing tea in the harbor again. Hello? This week's episode is also sponsored by Girlfriend Level 17. You disarmed and made an ally out of the boss character, Dad, on level 16. And here, at level 17, it's time to test your skills, soldier. Give your girlfriend a razor and let her shave your back. Remember, Trent, this is the only reason you wanted to have a girlfriend in the first place. So someone can shave that strip of old man hair sprouting out of the back of your shoulders like wild grass. Do you have what it takes? Does she? Girlfriend level 17. And coming soon, girlfriend level 18. Her mom is visiting. What's up with your week? What's up with your week? What's up with your week? What's going on with your week? week? Gotta mix it up. <laughs> what's going? Hey, what's man. going on in your week, man? I went through that shit on the fly with you. Uh, fucking with Nick. Oh man. Uh, what's going on this week? Five year anniversary of Three Weavers. So it's gonna be a big party on the sixteenth. I remember I posted something. You're like, you've been there five years. I was like, no, dude, the brewery. I don't know, time flies. In time does fly. I've been there three years, though, which is crazy to think about. But no, our brewery is starting a big anniversary for itself, big birthday party. Tiki-themed, so you know I like that. Yep. Beer cocktails. That means Stu's going to show up. Beer slushies. Lots of other beer. 
Hawaiian shirts. Hula girls. Ooh, we're going to have hula girls. For, for Halloween, the bar was a beach with sharks in it. Are you guys going to do that again? Wait, what? Oh! The bartenders were oh. sharks. You might as well. That's a great idea. Got yeah, the yeah. stuff already. Yeah, Caitlin dressed up like a shark, um, and then Zach was Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Which is always Zach. But hula girls? <laughs> yeah, we're having hula girls. You're, you're, really, you're literally little, 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 like bringing in hula girls? Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah? Fantastic. Cool. Um, I gotta figure out the times for you. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a big one. Um, ooh, your boy spent way too much uh, money on a new haircut. Check it out. Ooh. <sighs> I got, I Welcome to LA where you get a haircut and you feel good and bad at the same time. You're like, cool. $50 later. The women listening to this are like laughing because they spend tons of money on their hair. Mm-hmm. But they only get their hair cut like what? A few times a year? This is my uneducated perspective on the whole thing when it comes to women's haircuts uh-huh. is they get their they get the hairdo done and then isn't it pretty much ruined the moment they take a shower i when they do so like when, I, when they do like a blowout that, okay like that yeah okay yeah so you spend like two hundred dollars on something that you ruin they get a cut they maybe the get it day. colored and layered and all that shit and then a blowout's part of it, which is some kind of fancy, I don't know, hair drying thing. Yeah. I used yeah, to once think you get it washed, it's, the blowout's done. I used so why to, even get a blowout? Yeah. Whatever the fuck is a blowout? I don't know what that is. The Poly D haircut is what I think yeah. when I think of a blowout. <laughs> I used to think that they did it to for, for guys, but now I know that they don't. They do it for each other. Yeah. So stop. Stop. In the name of guys. You know what they should do with all that money they save by getting not getting blowouts? Take us out for steak dinners. Grilled f***ing meats. Hey. <laughs> Equality, you know? Treat your man. What were you going to say? I was going to say, <laughs> buy some property in Colorado. <laughs> oh, my God. Back with this shit. Uh, no, I got, a, I got a pretty chill week. Um, got a buddy in town. Going to see, so that's going to be fun. Gonna go see my buddy Patrick, um, aka Water Slice, on Monday the 18th, 8 p.m. at the Resident in downtown Arts District, Los Angeles. So come see that show if you want to see some fun music. What do you know the venue off the top of your head? The Resident. The Resident. You actually <clears throat> just said that, didn't you? I did just say that. Cool. Good co-host. I do that shit too. <laughs> What's up with your week, dude? I saw Honey Boy mm-hmm. last week. I'm participating fully in the shy essence, and I'm a big fan of it. Did you come up with that? No. Okay. I, I'm stealing it because somebody said that about the McConaissance oh. back in the day. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of Shia LaBeouf. I think he is the greatest actor of our generation. Mm. And I don't think there's anybody maybe more deserving. I take that back already. There's nobody that I know of that is more deserving than having a moment right now. Hmm. Because the dude fucking works hard, and he tries, and that's all he's ever done. And Why do I think he's a butthead? Because he's done some really stupid shit. Yeah. But he also has owned up to it, and he's now a, he now understands why. And I think when you're a person like he is, when you're famous, when you're... 11 mm. 
you have a very first of all there's a magnifying glass on you mm-hmm. and you're also naturally going to have a warped perception of how the world works in relation to you mm-hmm. and also his family life fucking sucked mm. and that also kind of the whole the honey boy for those who don't know it's a fantastic movie but it's about how Shia, it's, a, it's basically an autobiographical <clears throat> movie. It's about how he has PTSD because of the way he was brought up. Interesting. Which is something that you don't really think about. A lot of times you, I'm just like, oh, the only people that get PTSD are soldiers. Mm. Not true. Mm. Not true at all. Kids get it all the time from um, their upbringings. Yeah. And that's stuff they can't control. And a lot of times it's perpetuated by parents who also know no better. Mm. So Damn. it's really interesting. I call that I call Honey Boy the feel bad movie of the year. Interesting, because yeah. it's great, but you don't feel good yeah. watching it. I got a bunch of workshops. Speaking of other stuff that's unrelated to Shia LaBeouf, I've got a bunch of workshops in the next coming two weeks. I got five of them, so that's really good. Rehearsing a lot for the play that we mentioned last week that we're putting on at the Lounge Theater here in January, and I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but I can't really think of it. So that's what's going on in my week. And we're sitting outside this week for the weather report with Nick Grace. The air quality isn't as smoky and debris-y as it was a week ago. We can actually breathe now. Pretty nice. The whole city's not on fire anymore. Thanks, Nick. I'm going to send it over to Nick Grace with This Week in Basketball. This Week in Basketball, as a Michigan State fan, it was pretty tough to see our best player, who was like the number one player in the in the nation last year. He came, he came, he came back for a senior season, and... In the second game, before the second game started this year, um, his brother passed away mm. because he was hit by a train. Oh my God! In Albion, Michigan, and he had just his brother was on Albion University or whatever University of Albion. It's a small school in Michigan. He's on that team, and they played in a scrimmage just a week before. Mm. And that was a really <clears throat> that was a really like intense moment to watch him actually even play. I was pretty surprised that he even played, and he played really well. And you could see that it was just that was his only thought the whole time. Mm. His brother's just gone. Of course. I think it's. One of the things that kind of doesn't get a, a lot of light, especially on college kids, is that they're people, just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. They're not just going out to play basketball, and that's the only part of their life. Mm. And unfortunately, shit happens to people every day, mm. whether they're a basketball player or an accountant or anything. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that my heart goes out to Cassius's family and his brother. Um, and I hope that they can heal from this. Mm. Um, 
as fast as possible. But who knows how, what, that, what they're going through right now. Keeping it in basketball and related to Michigan State because the University of Kentucky beat us in the first game of the year, which really pissed me right off. <laughs> I just want to say props to Evansville for beating Kentucky at home and really upsetting our friend of the pod, Brandon Erickson. Oh, wow. Brandon was texting me constantly just being like, oh my gosh, Kentucky's going to win. And I had to pretend that I was on his side and like, oh, I can't believe it. And I was so happy. So happy. Wow, shots fired. Yeah, not shots at Brandon. Shots at his team. I understand. Shots at his team. Fuck UK. And also Duke. Unrelated, I don't really have anything to say about Actually, I do have something to say about Duke later on. To say no. Nope, I'll get to it later. Okay. Anyway, I'm happy that Kentucky lost because I want them to lose all the time. Okay. I'm upset or worried because we lost to Kentucky, which makes me worried that maybe we suck too. Mm. Because if Evansville beat Kentucky and we lost to Kentucky. Are you worse than Evansville? All right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so scared. Scared to be a Spartan. The biggest news in the NCAA basketball scene right now, though, is that Memphis's James Wiseman, who's a phenomenal freshman, one of the top incoming freshmen this year, is now ineligible to play all year, although he can practice, because he received improper benefits from his coach, Whoa. Penny Hardaway, Whoa. who folks will remember him mm-hmm. from dope commercials with Lil Penny back in the day. Anthony Hardaway, best player in basketball, guarantees championship. Guaranteed. In the 90s, and also, he was really good at basketball in the NBA, too. Yes. But he's now the head coach at the University of Memphis, and he gave the family of James Wiseman thousands of dollars so that his mother could relocate to Memphis when his son plays there. Wow. Which, we've talked about this on the pod probably endless times, at least every other weekend, about college and players needing to get paid and benefits and all this stuff. This is one of the most, like, blatant breaking of the rules, though, Mm. that I don't know how you could argue that I can't believe I got caught doing this. If you've Mm. ever seen the movie Blue Chips... Which is a great movie about college basketball... This is exactly the scenario that happens. Yeah. The coach pays money so that the family can move to the town and have a job and everything. Of course you're going to get busted for this. Yeah. Of course. It's very obvious, yeah. I don't know how you didn't think you were going to get busted. I don't know what Penny was thinking. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking. Wasn't thinking. You weren't thinking, Penny. <laughs> you weren't thinking. I just thought it was absurd when I was reading how that happened. Moving on to Duke. Anybody who watched Duke basketball in the early 2000s remembers Shane Battier and Carlos Boozer, the two bald guys on the squad. Mm -hmm. I want to know why nobody's talking about how when they were in college, they had the wrinkliest fucking scalps in the world. Their scalps... callback. their, their, Their fucking scalps were wrinkly. There was creases all over the tops of their scalps. Uh-huh. Like their skin had waves. And then the moment they got to the NBA, nah. 
Suddenly their scalps weren't wrinkly. Wait, really? Nope. I think there's How's something going. I don't know. I'm going to blame Coach K on this. There's a deeper thing here. There's something deeper going on. Gross I don't even know how you get a wrinkly scalp in the first place. Gross but, and weird. But I encourage anybody to Google Shane Battier Duke or Carlos Boozer Duke and you'll see the wrinkliest fucking scalps you've ever seen. And now they're not wrinkly. <laughs> there's some sort of thing going on. I don't know what on. you're trying to prove here. I don't know what I'm trying to prove either. But I think that there's a thread here. And we're going to pull and unravel this <clears throat> Duke sweater. This fuck Duke, man. Fuck him. This is like your 30 for 30... Duke's downfall. There should be a 30 for 30. The downfall of Duke. There should be a 30 for 30 about what happened to the scalps of Carlos Boozer and Shane Battier at Duke and post-Duke. Hell yeah. Interesting. I think there's something there. That's this week in basketball. Trent, what's going on this week in wrestling? Hit him with the mini dab. Uh, this week in wrestling, uh, AEW just had their full uh, full gear pay-per-view last Saturday. I've watched some highlights. I still need to watch some, a couple of matches. Uh, the Kenny Omega, John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, uh, match was called a Lights Out match, which I guess is their version of a no DQ match, but it was actually really crazy. And spoiler for people who haven't watched it. Spoiler, spoiler. He did John Moxley suplex Kenny Omega onto a bed of barbed wire. Oh. I'm not saying a mattress with barbed wire on it. I'm saying just a giant thing of barbed wire. Oh. Acupuncture. Fucking crazy. Yeah. And um, uh, Cody Rhodes <clears throat> did not beat Jericho. He said if he didn't beat Jericho for the title that he would never challenge for the AEW championship again. We'll see if that happens. But um, Cody's friend, uh, MJ, MG... MJK or MJK, yeah, or MKJ. Machine Gun Kelly. No, oh. damn it, I messed it up. People know what I'm talking about. Uh, backstabbed Cody though. I guess there was a point in the match. I still haven't watched the match. I'm a bad wrestling fan this week, but I guess he threw in the towel, which is an old wrestling trope from way back when, when like someone's manager, right, uh, would similarly with boxing, mm-hmm. right. But, you know, it's like a theatrical thing. So they threw in the towel. Cody's like, why did you throw in the towel? Making him and forfeit? Then, and yeah. And then MJK, or M, I should know his name, MJK. Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, backstabbed Cody. So that was a big thing. So he'll, he'll fight for the title again because he got screwed, man. He didn't lose fair and square. Yeah. See? He didn't win clean is yeah. how we call it. Yeah. Uh, but AEW is getting a lot of good press, man, and a lot of good... Um, Views there. I I wrote this on their uh, Instagram post. Uh, they'll take clips and then like edit them to be kind of funny. And so there's a clip of Kenny Omega, aka the Cleaner, with a broom covered in barbed wire, sweeping it across John Moxley's back, cutting him the fuck up. And <laughs> the guy who runs their social media had a clip with the song dubbed over. It's like hell no hail to the no 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 you know that song hell no and i was like dying laughing is it one of those like um remember especially around the holidays when they do those dancing card things and you put a face over elves that are dancing is it like that? Um, he's just gotta <laughs> no it's not like that it's, just, it's literally just like the clip of a match with the hell no oh, okay song over it wait so in the match there was the barbed wire thing but then he had a broom that was also made out of barbed wire mm-hmm <laughs> Crazy, dude. 
But anyways, I said their social media guy, AEW social media guy, should get a big fat raise because they're way better and funnier than WWE. Controversial thing here that people on the internet and my friends are talking about is Chris Jericho had Donald Trump Jr. on Chris Jericho's podcast, Talk is Jericho. What's the premise of Jericho's <clears throat> podcast? It's pretty much like the Steve Austin show or any other thing. It's, you know, it tailors more to wrestling and wrestling fans, okay. but it's an open-ended podcast. Just sit down and talk. Interview anyone, celebrity friends, okay. whatever. Right. But mostly wrestling. You know, people are saying that this is him taking a political stand. This is him, like, you know, saying that he's with the Trumps or, like, blah, blah, blah. What did they talk about? Do you know? I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but he... So they're just upset that there was another That guy. he just had Donald Trump Jr. Fuck on people. the podcast. They don't even know what they talked about. What if he was sure. like... What if he sat across the table from him the whole time and said, I fucking hate you and I hate your dad. But I'm nobody sure, listened to I'm it. sure he didn't say that. Well, but we don't know. I'm sure he didn't say that. We don't know. Cool. I'll listen to it and get back to you. Has he had any overleaning <clears throat> people on there? Probably. I'm not sure. I'm not as an avid listener. It's just it was a polarizing guest. Sure. Because of his dad. Yeah. Well, the entire internet can fuck off. Shout out to our our podcast with Neil. The entire internet can sure. fuck off. There you go. And this is coming from somebody who also doesn't like the Trumps. By the way. Yeah, I know. I know. Record. I know. So, uh, but some people are saying it was like a cheap thing to you know promote his book and blah blah blah. Jericho's book. No, Trump Jr.'s new book oh. called Triggered. Oh. So that's why I was kind of like, uh, yeah. you're just trying to sell stuff. Dumbass yeah. book title. Yeah, anyway. WWE Survivor Series is coming up, which is one of their main four pay-per-views uh, throughout the year. That's going to be on November 24th. Okay. Um, and this year, it's SmackDown versus Raw versus NXT. So it's going to be a lot of triple threat type matches. Really excited. The SmackDown team... And the, wait, yeah, SmackDown team and the Raw teams have been announced, so I'm excited to see who's going to be the five people on the NXT team. That's a classic Survivor Series match. It's usually five on five, but now it's going to be, I guess, five on five on five. Ooh. And it's elimination style. It's so like a melee. It's elimination style. So there, instead of one pinfall, you have to have however many, 14 pinfalls. The last man standing kind of gimmick. Or that's not necessarily 14. You just have to get rid of all the other members mm. on the other teams. Okay. Right? Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, big thing that's been buzzing around too, CM Punk appeared on WWE's new show called Backstage. Um, it's essentially a wrap-up show that's on Fox. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like their re- you know review show, post-game kind of show. And he randomly showed up, said like two words, and said, I'll be back next week. You and I were talking about this. I wanted to save it for this segment. But the interesting thing about this segment is... It appears to look like a sports center segment. It looks exactly like um, it. The set design is great. Um, the way they present it is great. Um, lighting, context, everything. And you were like, well, why? You know, this is a TV show. It's predetermined, blah, blah, blah. I, my opinion, my two cents, I don't know. I don't have an inside, you know, source why they're, they've been doing this. My gut instinct, though, is there's been so much crossover with Dana White and UFC and um, boxing and MMA people the past few years. Um, Brock Lesnar being the big one that started that years and years ago. Mm. But before that, honestly, Ken Shamrock. And CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk. Well, CM Punk started his wrestling. Right. Yeah, and then actually went the other way. Right. But he's he's back, I think, just as a commentator. People are already 
rumors are already spinning around that he's going to fight again. I'm not really sure. I bet he does. But if WWE pays him a lot. I bet he will. Here's my point. The reason why I think it looks the way it does and they're presenting it the way it does is because it's on Fox. It's what mm-hmm. Fox wants. Mm-hmm. They want it to look more at like a sporting event. Um, think Fox um, football. Right. You know, with Howie and all those guys, uh, Terry. and uh, They want it to feel that way to maybe be cast a wide net mm-hmm. to get these people that are into Bellator, UFC, boxing, combat sports... Here, this will this is, you know, combat sport adjacent. You know, it's more entertainment, obviously. But uh, I think they're wanting to present it a way, maybe to dangle a carrot. Yeah. You know, oh, Yo, you like something that looks and feels like this? Check us out. Right. That's the main reason I think. It's kind of weird. It. I. I just feel. Um, I don't really know how to describe it other than it's just. It's, it seems like an awkward watch to me, mm. because in the sports arena of it which I also think is pretty stupid in sports, but in the sports arena, there it's a whole bunch of conjecture and talking about things that are going to happen and predictions about what's going to happen Yeah. about real life. This is the same things that have happened and conjecture about what's going to happen. For a TV show. Except for it's scripted. So to me, it feels like everything's been, the, like I told you earlier, the, like the feet have been cut off of the, the whole thing. Mm. My leg! It's almost like a play at something. So I would go back to what I've talked to you about uh, before is this whole illusion, right? This whole right. idea of kayfabe and, and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So presenting it still as a legitimate sport. It's just weird because kayfabe is a thing that people know exists mm-hmm. but also refuse to acknowledge or whatever. And now they're making a sports show about it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a basically. You a, like have to be bipolar to a, watch the well, show. It's a basically a reality sports show. Right. You have to listen to somebody BS about what they think is going to happen and pretend that you don't know that it's already been fucking determined. And what they're wrestler, saying, wrestler, like old wrestlers, still like will throw out predictions and stuff. Sure, but like who, who cares? They're, fans. They're like, but I'm saying there's a really good chance that they're being told to say this kind of a thing because this is what has been scripted. So, like, you got to... And then my argument is, who's telling you that Stephen A. Smith or whoever is not being told what to say, too? Here's the thing. He might be from ESPN, but ESPN doesn't know who's going to win the game. I know. But your argument is feeding lines and painting a picture and... Sure, but the end. ESPN the reason, definitely fucking does that, right? But for the, big at market the end of the game, whoever. nobody knows sure. who's going to win sure. this game. Sure. At the end of the day, with wrestling, maybe what unless, they do is they keep these commentators to keep it more. They keep them in the dark. Maybe I would hope so. To give them a little more. I mean, they're all actors, right? They're all right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, performers, Jr. Yeah, performers. There you go. Yeah. Jr. and Jim Ross, one of the most famous commentators of all time. Personally, I think the goat. Uh, he said a lot of big matches. He would not be told what's going to happen, where the spots were, or mm-hmm. what was the outcome. Just except because for... he could be so visceral and off the cuff and mm-hmm. in the moment, which is awesome. Okay, I think most people should go back to that. So you can sell it like a sporting event. It is kind of a mind fuck. That's probably how they'll have to do it. And 
Don't get me wrong. As adults, we're all very aware that this is a mindfuck. It's weird. It's a tightrope of real weird. and fake at the same right? time. It's weird. It's intriguing, though. And that's this week in wrestling. I'm going to over Nick for this week in hip-hop. This week in hip-hop, Nick is happy that Drake got booed at Camp Flogna. I knew you were going to say that. I know there's a story behind it about how it was supposed to be Frank Ocean and Frank couldn't go or whatever, and so Drake showed up to like try to help out or fill the spot. But he got booed because he wasn't Frank Ocean, and as the Canadian hater that I am, I'm just excited that he got booed no matter what the circumstances are. Do you have anything to say about that? I really you Canadian sympathizer. I, I really don't care. Here's the thing: <clears throat> if if I was a guest at that, if I was a guest at that concert, love or hate Drake, he came out because I, I like him. Yeah, but I think the artist that's been on top of the genre for over a decade comes out to Camp Flognaw, which has established itself as a legit festival now. I still would geek out a little bit. Right. Oh, that's cool. I got a free concert. In all, all, all joking aside, what a bunch of fucking spoiled-ass yes. little children. Yes. Oh, Frank Ocean's not there, so the biggest recording star is taking his spot, and that's not good enough for you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. In your Travis Scott Jordans. Yeah. And your off-whites. And your fucking... Fuck you. It's ridiculous. Um, oh, was that Kanye note? That's me, right? Yeah. So I got some intel uh, from our friend Charles Ethbury. His daughter is a part of the uh, Jesus is King choir. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but, you know, fuck it. Who's listening? Who's listening? Uh, apparently Kanye West is actually um, very accommodating to the choir and the band. Um, it's over 150 people on the choir, plus Damn. like 20 people in the band. Um, I guess people have rumored that it's pre-recorded and they're lip-syncing. He's like, then why why would you have 150 people? Right. It's not pre-recorded. Um, they you could cut that. They in half. are um, pretty sure they're doing a full tour, um, maybe international, maybe world tour. Uh, in that they have their own private jet. They get put up in nice hotels everywhere they go. They have a per diem. They have nice food, custom-fitted clothing for their tour, and they get paid on top of it. And it's compensated so well that the gal I was talking to said she's quit her job for the past, that she's had for the past five years. And this is, like, life-changing. So whether or not your, opinion, awesome. your opinion is about Kanye, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And she says he has his moments of, like, spazzing out and this mm-hmm. and that. But um, that, uh, yeah. Apparently, they're being treated extremely well. So good for them. I went to the Toby Nwigwi concert with friend of the pod, Joel mm-hmm. Sanchez. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was so incredible, man. You feel like you're just at a hangout. Dope that sometimes gets really intense because his delivery and his flow is so so fucking cool my favorite two moments of the whole show was when they did a performance of toby's song debo which is great he has his wife fat that's what she goes by as her name he calls her fat 
she comes out and she raps the, the hook. And his producer, Linnell Grant, she also raps the hook, or has her own verse, I should say. Mm-hmm. And it was intense, man. It was intense. It was like everybody had their own it wasn't a mosh pit it was you had your own mosh within yourself whoa and the stage was just to borrow a stupid kid term lit as fuck man (laughs) it was incredible everybody was jumping and so hyped for that song and then my second favorite part actually my favorite favorite part was when he brought out his uh daughter and the, little the, baby yeah and yeah. she's four months old the whole the whole vibe around the whole thing is it's all very family oriented mm. cool he makes no bones about it and it's really really cool it's real positive energy in the building and he gets he can get dark sometimes because he's like anybody else but it's all about family and he just he has one song where he sings and he's the first person to be like yo I can't really carry a tune but I have this song that I sang and he just held her for the whole song and just saying right into her eyes and mm. it was beautiful mm. it was a really 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 awesome concert and cool. I, and I'm I'll, bummed I didn't go man if I could be as good at anything as he is at being an MC, mm. damn cool. he's he's the truth and I can't wait for everybody else to really see it too Houston's finest yep and then I guess the last thing I wanted to bring up because this is Slowly becoming a country little <laughs> is that are they friends of the pod? Oh man, are they friends of the Let's pod? Let's make we friends need to of, make that happen. Friends of the pod Midland, <laughs> we need to make it happen. Friends of the pod Midland was nominated for vocal group of the year and best new artist of the year at the CMA awards. They didn't end up winning, but we're pretty stoked, yeah, that they were. That they were invited, and congratulations to your better half mm-hmm. for being part of that. Yeah, I mean, um, she's somewhat. She's not the day to day for Midland, but she she does some work for them and um, brand management. And the other guy Jordan is like their day to day. And um, <clears throat> any win for the whole management group is great, though. So, and they're just they're great guys. They're really fun. Their music's great. Very nostalgic feeling for people our age. And I I got. Um, you know, thanks to Steph for hooking it up. They were in Indianapolis, and I got to treat my friend and thank you to Jordan, uh, their day-to-day manager, for hooking up two passes uh, for my friends Hannah and Cameron. They got to see Midland and Indianapolis meet and greet and like VAP pass and made their night. So um, that's a fun little, you know, perks of that kind of stuff. But man, it, they they put on a hell of a show, and I can't wait to see them again and get all the success that they deserve. And their podcast is pretty cool, too. What is it called? Set It Straight? Mm-hmm. Like all country folklore and I can't get enough theories. of the first one. Hell yeah. The Grand Parsons one. That's This Week in Hip Hop and Little Dash of Country. Ladies and gentlemen, on this week's episode of Another Shitty Podcast, we're joined by my guest, actor, and producer, playwright, screenwriter, Jeremy Sless. Yeah, let's go with that. You are. I'm sure. You are. Are you not? Yeah. Well, we're all kind of everything nowadays. You're, you're aren't we? kind of wincing with all the titles. Yeah. You oh, know. Well, you know those are correct titles. I mean, I I don't know how IMDb lists them nowadays. <laughs> I think uh, you know. I, I all I know is that actor comes first, and whatever else follows. Just uh, part of me does it on. too, because I I do a lot. You do a lot. Uh, anytime I'm like 
And so someone's like, oh, like, what do you do, man? Like, you've been in LA for this long, what do you do? And then I'm just like, I'll pick, I'll pick like a thing. Just that. one thing? Because it's like, now we got the podcast, I've written stuff, right. I've direct, it's like, And then you also have like a job. Doesn't it sound like a little like... Well, if you start naming off too many oh things, people are going to be like, all right, cool. Like I held a boom pole one time for one film because I was helping out a buddy. And they listed it on IMDb, so now it says that like I'm a boom operator. And I'm like, I held a boom, I yeah. operated a boom, but yeah. I don't think I'm a boom operator. Yeah, like, yeah. don't go like looking to hire me for that. Well, I have no idea how to do it. That's a skill. You've acquired that <laughs> skill, and now you can do it. I mean, I guess. Like, I wasn't even working the sound pack at the time. I just, I was just the one that held the pole. And someone else. Are you had... in the union now? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I, right? There's no. I don't. I don't know the boom operator. I don't union. know. If there's a union for. I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So there's like ten things listed there, and. I used to try and weed it out, but then I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let them think what they want. So, Jeremy, you and I, we met two years ago, two and a half years August ago. August of 2017? Yeah, August 2017, doing a little indie movie called The Takeout Move. It certainly was not a little movie. It wasn't at all. It was like, the hardest thing I've ever filmed. That was really fucking tough. Really? really? It was all, it was probably like 80% fights. Right. And oh, it was, really? It was all of August, and I think we filmed for 20 days. Mm-hmm. It might have been 20. Might have, or, or like 19, somewhere around there. And almost straight in a row. There was a few days we'd have off in between. Was it a but... decent read or probably not? <laughs> a decent read? Rate. Rate. I made a dollar so far. <laughs> oh. Only because they reimbursed me for a haircut that was $19 and he reimbursed me a 20 Yeah, we did it for free. The contract The contract is oh. for money on the back end. Which is usually how they go. Yeah. And I have, I have faith that the movie so, will make some so money. So for our listeners that... I do too. The movie's... I think the movie could be pretty good. For our listeners that don't know what that means, money on the back end. So for your big time like Hollywood A-listers, they get paid a chunk of money and they get back end and they get residuals and et cetera and sales from DVDs, streams, blah, blah, blah. They're often given a choice. Uh, with these smaller independent films or indie movies, uh, what that means is if you don't get paid... In, Deferred. Uh, yeah. If you don't get paid up front and they say, let's do it on the back end... Probably not going to get paid. Well, unless it's the movie is finished and gets online to a streaming service and people start watching it and buying the DVD and it eventually accumulates, which is very similar with all of the cases. Now, they do make money. I mean, it just depends on how they go, but oftentimes it's an elongated amount of time. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a nice uh, <laughs> way of, yeah, <laughs> I'll be polite. I think... Uh... I don't... <laughs> I don't think it's, it's going to happen. It's like a gamble, you know? Like, yeah. I wouldn't go doing this film if I didn't believe that it would somehow garner some type of uh, noticeability that could that could sure. benefit my career. Like it was a, it was a solid script. It you know it was a, it was a solid cast. Everything about it seemed pretty you know in tune cool. and, and 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 lower lower budget. And I and I was three like, person cast. Oh, right, well, four I guess kind of if you technically four. Tech, we'll Spoiler. say three though. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, yeah, Spoiler no, nine. it was it was nice. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> well it was also cool because it's you know it's <laughs> you know <laughs> great date. We had a we had a castmate that I wasn't like real cool with. Okay. Well it was only I was cool with him, but Nick wasn't cool with him because he touched Nick's mustache. He did he rubbed his ha- finger across my mustache. For a take, may I add. Mm. For a take. But it was I think it was a combination of we were doing mm. twenty straight days essentially. And this was like, and day these like, were like twelve. Twelve hour to fourteen hour days, because we would get there at six in the morning. God. And we wouldn't leave until like eight. You're right. And or so worse, five PM and be stuck in the middle of traffic coming out of like the UCLA area. And and so this was this was towards the end when 
Jeremy and Allie, who's one of our other co-stars, um, and and me, we were basically like brothers and sisters at this point. We were mm. we were very in tune with each other. We could go off of each other so well because cool. we were spending twelve hours a day for twenty days with each other. Yeah. You, you learned about it was people. at that point where we were either going to become best friends or worst enemies, and luckily we. When we became the former, yeah, luckily, mm-hmm. yeah, um, but not he, always the case. But, but then we inserted him, and uh, I'm honestly blanking on his name at this right now. Let's uh, leave it out. Yeah, we don't yeah. have to say it. Um, I think the thing about it was was that he jived so much with our like touchy feely energy because by that time Nick and I would hug and we would touch and we would do all these things, right? And I think he just dove into that, and we weren't as receptive. Or at to, least, to right. me, at least, well, I, if was, I was kind of like, well, you're not, but you're not us, you right? Know? Yeah. Like I you're did, not allowed. To, Jeremy can also, do that. I had to earn also, the right to. T- I, had to <laughs> I had to earn the right to touch Nick. Also, that's the that's the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Earning the right to touch Nick. No, it's true. I mean, I, and I think that that's just how it goes. And right, jumping into that, and it can be hard for someone who's a day player coming in just to do one right. thing. Like you want to jive really quickly so you can bond real fast and do the best work that you can. But it's you know it was also August in L.A. And we were outside most of the time filming. And it was an action comedy. So, you know, there was lots of pain and soreness that would happen after we were filming. I slept really hard. But, you know, soreness did occur. And, you know, there there were occasional injuries and bruises. And Don't know if you noticed, I am currently wearing the pants intentionally that we shot in. Do you want to hear the most hilarious thing ever? Is I put on the pants that I wore during the filming this morning. But I did lift starting at 6.30 before I came down here, and I just didn't feel like doing lift in jeans from 6.30 and then driving down here to be here at the time that I am now. But I did have them on this morning for that specific reason, but I changed into looser pants. You guys are a bunch of weirdos. Yes. We are a bunch of weirdos. (laughs) Correct. I still own the clothes, and when the premiere comes for the film, I will be wearing the outfit that I wore. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I even wore it to the wrap party. I wore it... I, I have it there every day. Did we to the rat party of Did. some Mexican restaurant we went to? Yeah, That's great. so but that is that just goes to show you that how how invested we were in this project. Committed. That, we, that even two years later, we we are aware that the outfit still is is necessary to be brought I mean, up when a, we are together. I've done a, I've done a lot of projects in this town, and that one is very much in, just ingrained in my brain because of the the length and the uh, just all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean when I. Since 2015, I've done four full-length films. Um, counting the one we're going to talk about today, I did a, a horror film that shot for two weeks in Joshua Tree. Oh, dope. I did Among Thieves that shot for about a month all over L.A. I did The Takeout Move, mm-hmm. which Nick and I did, which shot in L.A. And one then in fucking Brazil. I shot a, a lead in a, in a psychological thriller in Brazil at the end of 2018. Oh, cool. So... Yeah, they all uh, they were all different experiences, um, and two of them are now released, and I'm waiting for our film and the Brazilian film. It's in English. It was just filmed mm. in Brazil. Um, yeah, so but that's how did you, you come about that? That was actually through Among Thieves. Okay, yeah, um, Among Thieves is actually the film that I, I was initially yeah. scheduled to so talk about here. Among, today. Among this might be a good transition yeah, if we want to go for it. Jeremy, hey, there you go. <laughs> Jeremy, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to say transition time? No. The, okay, we'll you're fine. Go. Segway, 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 segway. Uh, Delete it. Let's go back yeah. and retake. Yeah. Okay, go. So, so Jeremy's movie Among Thieves just premiered all over the internet. Um, yeah, okay. internet well, streaming DVD this was on September October fifteenth. October fifteenth. October fifteenth. When it dropped, and you can take it from here. Sure. Well, it was a film that we did a couple years ago, and um, the plot line is 
I, I play the youngest of a group of thieves that are stranded in the middle of ambiguous Latin America after our heist goes wrong. Mm. We succeed in stealing the counterfeit money and printing plates that we have to deliver to the money counterfeiter that hired us. But the only member of our crew that knew how to drive our 54-foot truck has died. So now the five of us thieves are stuck in the desert not knowing how to drive the truck. Meanwhile, we have to meet a certain window to meet the guy we're delivering our fake money and printing plates to in order to receive our real payout, while at the same time being chased by cops that are on our tail who are also doing, dealing with their own internal conflict. And we run into a gang of ambiguously Latin American dudes who want nothing but to kill us and soon take our money, our fake money, which they think is real. Mm -hmm. So it's, a, it's a, a very, very intense action romp with lots of usage of the F word, average about three per page. Hmm. Um, my character sets the record for most used in one sentence. You'll have to watch the film and, and find out. Is that uh, a ad lib? No. Well, no. Actually, a lot of them. <laughs> oh, if you, really? If you, I do look back at the script, and they were a lot of them were written in there. There were there was a, there was a good amount of ad libbing because it just that's what happens. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool movie. It has some really um, great acting, uh, and it's just a, like the whole plot line. You just you know it's. It, it all takes place in one day, and just whatever happens, you, you, you have no idea what's going to happen next. And when it happens, you're just like, how much stupider can all these people get? Yes. But we find a way. Um, but it's, but it's, it's a very enjoyable film. It, it, it doesn't give you a chance to catch your breath. And everything came together nicely. There were some delays in the post-production aspect of it all. But, yeah. And then, Where did you shoot it? What's that? Where did you shoot it? We shot, um, we shot um, a lot of exteriors up in Santa Clarita, actually, where I live. Okay. Um, right in some, like, a, like an open... Uh, an open desert farmland area that is privatized for specific movie and, movie and television filming. We filmed in downtown Los Angeles. We filmed, there was some scenes filmed in Lancaster, in Corona, in San Pedro. Oh, all over. All over, yeah, because we just needed this. Um, we went for the more things that looked like it could take place in Latin America. So LA, of course, has so many of those different aspects. And also to achieve the locations that were needed for the film anyway, you had to find those locations and find ones that could look like they were where the film was supposed mm. to take place. So, like, there's a scene where there's like an abandoned car lot, and you couldn't just choose any abandoned car lot. You needed one that looked specifically like it was down south. So that was all the way up in Lancaster, of course. Funny enough, yeah. Funny enough, I didn't have to go up there for that, but um, cool. Yeah. So where where exactly can we see this? What? You can see Among Thieves on Amazon Prime, on Vudu, on Google Play, Microsoft. Uh, PlayStation, you can see it on various cable streaming services like Comcast, Fios, Dish Network. Oh, damn. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? I have Amazon. I'll probably do that on Amazon. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's $12.99 to buy or $3.99 to rent for 48 hours. Uh, you can also buy it on DVD through Barnes & Noble or through Walmart or Target. It's all available there. Cool. Um, you can also see it. Let's see. There was some other ones. Uh, the YouTube streaming service, YouTube Red. Uh, you can see it through there. Uh, yeah, I think the oh iTunes you can see it on iTunes, um, pretty much anywhere. Pretty much everywhere except HBO, Netflix, and Hulu. Yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Cool. And Disney Plus or whatever Apple whatever. Oh, just that's gonna be nuts. Yeah, yeah. That, it actually so. kind of upsets me. Disney Plus does. Mm. I think we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, they're taking over pretty much everything. Disney owns half of everything. Well, you better buy some stock while you still can. I don't think you can afford the stock right now. Well, you can buy a certain amount. You'll have to buy a <laughs> yeah. shares. Worth. I think a shares worth is maybe like four hundred bucks, but you could buy like fifty dollars worth and ride the wave. Damn, that's what I did with Amazon. Yeah, I bought like three hundred dollars worth. As terrible as their CEO is, I might as well make some money off of it while I still can. <laughs> you know, no. might as well. You know, yeah. just see what I can cipher off. Sure. I'm probably gonna fuck this statistic right up, but I saw 
I saw a thing that was something along the lines of if you were to make $100 an hour, it was either $100 an hour or 1000 I think it was $1,000 an hour every hour since the birth of our nation, you would have less money than Jeff Bezos. I hate to break it to you, but I think it was $1,000 per minute. Per minute? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. Good for that guy. No, you know, you I know, got a bunch of film care. projects that I bet Good he can. For, he for can I have a feeling he has zero interest in anything related to that. <laughs> yeah. at all. Or just me in general. He could buy Hollywood itself. <laughs> right. And just, like, that would be chump change. Yeah. Hollywood itself could probably cost $80 billion. 80, 80, no, probably like $10 billion. Does he own any sports franchises? I don't think so. I feel like when you get that amount of money, you start to buy sports franchises. Mm, well, but he's got the most money. so Right. He doesn't uh, care about anything. Like, I what think he, what does he invest in? Amazon. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I don't like know what he does, right? He's already what do you invest in when you have What the did he do before thing? Amazon? Nothing. He was he was some sort of uh, programmer, wasn't he? Something like that. Yeah, he just created the thing a while back. He's a bookworm. He's a literal bookworm. I think Amazon he, was super I think he never even watched a movie. Here's another thing. I think you have to be unattractive to make a lot of money. He's not terrible looking. Like that kind of money. Like, okay, like you're, you know, on IG or like you're a musician, whatever, mm-hmm. or a model. Great. You're going to make like a good amount of money. Are you saying, are you saying, I'm saying that the better looking we are, the less money we're going to make? Because Nick and I have a problem with that. No, I no I'm saying if you're going to be like, <laughs> if you're going to be like, not just fuck you money, but like fuck the whole planet kind of money. Uh-huh. Like Jeff Bezos looks like an evil, like. You're wondering like what like keeps him Austin going? Like Austin Powers, like villain. Like not even like a Bond villain. He looks like a comical, like he's an ugly dude. So, are you saying that because he was... You hear that, Bezos? Yeah, right, because he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, he might be. Right. <laughs> he might be. But are you saying that he's because he's unattractive, he wasn't able to spend any time around women, therefore... <laughs> he has all his money! All of his time. <laughs> he, had, he had, like, a really smart, sexy wife who he, like, cheated on or some shit. She, like, divorced him for, like, $80 billion. She's the richest woman in the world. Good for right, her. Right, because, because she divorced him. And they were already in on the company together, so she was probably the richest woman in the world anyway. Well, I believe that she was, like... The money behind the, the original project. I think, I think she him and his, she backed it to begin right, yeah. with, and his parents did too. They gave him like ten, they had like, they like gave him like ten thousand dollars, and now they're of course rich as f. Damn. Um, but anyway, I'm just trying to get like a cheap like I, USB cord. You know? I, right. I still like Tomorrow. Elon. I still like Elon Musk the best. Say what you will. Oh, he's great. But he's 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 I, literally like the I real life, but like real life yeah. um, uh, Bruce Wayne. Yes, mm-hmm. we're like, and and I would, I always hated when everyone would be so mean about it because I'm like, this dude, if he turns evil, will be the quintessential villain. Yeah, like smart, right. rich, handsome, is creating the futuristic technology. That's literally like every comic book villain. Like, yeah. stop being mean to him, or else he's gonna become evil, and I'm not gonna feel bad for all of you. Yeah, exactly. So far, he's one of the good guys, apparently. Yeah, well, he's like building like some underground tunnel or some shit or like mm-hmm. that. No, Honestly, the, uh, he can do whatever he wants. Like the hyperloop, trying he, to get he's, us to he's go not, to Mars. You know, He's 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 treating his Tesla employees really nice, and you know he pays them really well, and the cars are you know economically friendly, and Amazon does good services too. But like you know, come on, all of the money that he makes, he doesn't really hold on to that. He takes all the money he makes and puts it into another project. Yeah, dude. What we build like that flamethrower for fun? Yeah, right. The flamethrower that's not a flamethrower? Yeah, okay. Was, yeah. I think it doesn't it say on, yeah. on it, this is not no, a flamethrower. That's, that's the name of the <laughs> yeah, brand right. or something. Um, but anyway. You smoked weed with Joe Rogan? Like how? That was pretty cool. Like, how can your life get any better, you know? He's, he really knows what he wants. He'll be... He'll be uh, I remember, like, like, a lot him of... Him and my, Jeff Bezos will have, like, a... It'll be, like, a cool movie. They'll have, like, a showdown. Like, a, the fight for the fate of the Earth. Oh, my the God. The two billionaires that are, like, just going at it. Ugh. I got my money on that. 
Oh, on Elon. They both got their Velcro sandals on. And oh, yeah, their Birkenstocks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> their, their socks. What did we come here to talk about again? Exactly. Me? And then we're talking about these uh, stupid billionaires. Is, Maybe we keep talking about them. They'll send us some money to the uh, Venmo account. Conversation too. works. We were yeah. talking, too. <laughs> oh, is it? I, we were talking about this while we weren't recording, but uh, we were talking about the great uh, video gaming console, Nintendo 64. Oh, boy. And, uh, aged very well. And about how one came well. into your life recently. And uh, <laughs> What? About how one came into your life No, I've had recently. emulators for years, dude. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, I, not the real deal. You've had like... Oh, no, no. Well, back home where I, where I grew up in New Jersey, I have all the original I have all the original systems like all hooked up, all good to go. Um, but I didn't have all that stuff coming out here, and I also didn't have the older TVs that played it best. Uh, so I downloaded like Project 64, SNES 9X, and all the NES emulators, and I also have like a DSTT oh, that goes into your DS, and you can download DS games as well as Game Boy games, Game Boy Color games, and like all shit like that. What?! Um, and I also, the coolest thing I just about, heard a bunch of letters, that's all I hear right there. <laughs> the people that are listening that are into that will understand. It's not really for the common peasant. Oh! <laughs> um, common peasant. But anyway, and then I would get USB controllers that would be the original controllers. They were a little bit off-brand, but like Super Nintendo and uh, original Nintendo and 64. I had some PlayStation ones. You play, plug them in USB. You hook them up like you would any other USB device. And you could set the buttons to coordinate with certain keys. And then you could play the game like the original. So there were a bunch of kids that would do that in my art class in high school. Yeah, yeah it's a very popular thing. Brothers on their computers. Yeah. Well, right, especially since a lot of the newer TVs don't take the regular, you know, the original VGA, AV hookups that the old systems had. And, now, it, and even if you do get them up, they don't the, play as well. To my peasant mind, I'm wondering, is that the yellow, red, and yes. white Yes, cord? but yeah. mainly the okay. TVs are like the big box TVs. Okay. There was certain about the certain about the way they were built that are different than the way that the LCD TVs are built nowadays. It has something to do with the lag and the frame rate and just the way it played in general. And, given, and even though the graphics were not as strong as they were today, it still made them look crisper than they do on newer TVs. Mm -hmm. So that's like the whole thing. But what happened was, is I was always a fan of, everyone talks about Goldeneye 007 this, Goldeneye 007 that. Goldeneye's my favorite movie, Pierce Brosnan's my favorite actor, but it was not my favorite N64 game. Because Goldeneye's people, your favorite movie? Yeah. Wow. Oh, dude, we grew up with it. That was just the oh, coolest yeah. thing ever. It's, it's I love that movie. It's, yeah. it's one, of the, one of the only Bond movies that possesses the only, guy, the only composer that only did one movie. There's oh. no other Bond movie that, I, that I'm aware of off the top of my head, and I know everything about James Bond. Uh, but Eric Serra only did Goldeneye and nothing else. David Arnold did Tomorrow Never Dies up until Quantum of Solace. And then, uh, and then there was, there's been new guys since then uh, doing the same ones for most of the Daniel Craig films. But his specific sound made Goldeneye look and feel exactly like the post-Cold War Bond movie that everyone expected to be. And Pierce Brosnan first, like, he just swooped in like Superman and just kicked ass, saved the day. And it had an awesome plot, and it was like all the characters are iconic because of the game. Like the game and the movie worked perfectly yeah. together. They had amazing acting. Acting. Yeah. You had Sean Bean. You had Famke Johnson. You had uh, Alan Cumming. Halle Berry. Boris. Halle Berry was in Die Another Day. Oh shit! Yeah. She wasn't in Goldeneye. Damn it! No. She was in the shitty. That was Natalia, who was um, Isabella Skorupko. Okay. Um, yeah, the guy that played Armov just died Boris. last year. The guy that played General Armov. Yeah. The Russian general. Oh. <laughs> it's from the game. I thought we were talking. But anyway, anyway. But it is not my favorite game because, for the few out there that might not know, there's a game called Perfect Dark, yes. which was made by the same people. The same. The music was done by the same people, but yes. it was a futuristic take, using the same exact engine that ran Goldeneye. So it has new guns, new plot, new story. The multiplayer mode works the same, but you can put on bots. AI characters and program them however you want. You can even unlock Goldeneye guns in the game. Oh shit! Yeah, and the levels really are great like because you can do like capture the flag. There's real, there's like deployable yeah. drone guns. It's the same experience of Goldeneye, but different levels. I mean, you can play on like Temple and Facility and Complex. 
but you can put on so you can play by yourself. It can it's be you with up eight James bots. Bond Goldeneye. Yeah, you can yeah. even like yeah. It's, I can't it's, believe you never played Perf- Perfect Dark. I've yeah, never heard Perfect of Dark's amazing, oh, and like the storyline, everything about it is so good. Um, but I also found an, a modded version of Perfect Dark that put the that overlaid Goldeneye onto the Perfect Dark ROM, which is what you play on the emulators. And what what it does is it took the Perfect Dark play style of the bots in the multiplayer settings and applied it to the Goldeneye levels. So you can put on bots, but they're the characters from Goldeneye. You can play as Goldeneye characters. You can you can do. So you ca- can have a bunch of odd jobs just kind of waddling around. Yes, you can have odd jobs, and you can have the alien characters from Perfect Dark. Oh shit! So what what I like to do is I like to play on the train level where it was just like a, the long yeah, train, yeah, yeah. and I, it's capture the flag, and you put one end on one end of the train and the other on the other end of the train, which is physically impossible to do anyway. But you just play that with like one hit kill RCP 90s or gold PP7s, and no one can score a point. You just play for hours. Like you, like everyone just charges at each other. Everyone dies. Everyone goes back, and it's just like just stupid fun. <laughs> and it's cool. Well, because when I was growing up, like you know, I played. You know, there were friends and family that I played Goldeneye with, but most of the time I was on my own, and I could never play Goldeneye multiplayer on my own because you needed yeah. physical humans to play. But Perfect Dark, I could get lost for hours by myself in my room. Damn. So that's so. If you guys are ever you know want to come would over you, and play, would you, would you consider Nintendo sixty four the best console ever made? Um, you know everything definitely has its ups and downs, and it's good games and it's bad games. I mean, I definitely I, I think it's getting to the point where it's hard to compare because you have like the it's it's almost like comparing like I do this with food. Like I I believe that pizza cannot be all kept on the same level. Like I like oh, wow. Little Caesars cardboard pizza. Yeah, but I'm from South Jersey where we have some of the best pizza in the world. But I don't consider those t- those pizzas to be on the same comparison plane. Mm. So while I like Little Caesars, I'm not going to say it's good or w- better or worse than this South Jersey. Like it's a whole other species. It's of a pizza. whole. It's like a whole other food. So it's getting to the point where like you can't compare N64 graphics and playstyle to the modern age Xbox or PlayStation action games like Far Cry well, we, Fallout. We talk about this with basketball, or we have not necessarily on the oh comparing generations, comparing today's game play of like NBA basketball. To like when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they can both be good. But they're both good, but different. they're very, very different. Right, and I think that that's and it's hard to compare, especially like stats or you know our argument is with our friends is always like who's the best ever, right? You Which know? is Michael Jordan. Everybody knows that. Sure. And I I tend to agree. There's also <laughs> other factors. We won't drop down this rabbit hole because I don't know nothing about sports, so I would just have to be quiet. <laughs> but speaking of James Bond, did you happen to listen to the episode we had T-Hum on? We had our James Bond. We did an entire James Bond We had an episode. entire oh, James Bond episode. Maybe we I should. hear that one. No. I'm, I'm thinking, I would love to have them both on. That's what for, I was going to say. I don't know, dude. I had 007 seen it growing up, and I got no wrong. You got no wrong? No I wrong. think it would be It would be like... It'd be interesting. T-Hum... About... I wouldn't want to compete with someone else about knowledge. I'm never no, a fan no, of No, that. It, would be, it would be a discussion. It wouldn't be... Oh, yeah. See, yeah. I, know, I know like tons of obscure shit... Like the fact that the dude in, like, the janitor in Honor Majesty's Secret Service is whistling the Goldeneye theme song as they take James Bond away. Like, that shit you just can't find. They're, like, on the same level. Yeah, you guys are, you know. <laughs> I think you guys be, would get Maybe along. it would be too much. But, but the thing about me with too James much? Bond is It'd be I... be, like, nerd rage. We, 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 we need a longer segment. But I, I, like, know, <laughs> I know, like, everything about my favorite Bond movies. Like, Goldeneye I know everything about. Uh, but, like, he Live and lo- Let Die, not so much. Yeah, because loves, as cool as that one was. Uh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton's Big amazing. Dalton I think Timothy Dalton is one of the best. Because he was so close to like the darkness that Bond possessed, mm-hmm. Sean I think Connery he had said that. Yeah, Sean Connery <laughs> had like the more like coldness. Roger Moore had the more comedy. Well, George Roger Lasmi. Moore was like the sexual of the most sexual. Roger Moore possessed Bond, more right? of the comedy. I think Sean Connery definitely was always is, is the classic like man's yeah. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. While Roger Moore was a little bit more of like the charmer, 
Um, and then George Lazenby was the Australian, his own, his own thing. Yeah. But uh, and then Timothy Dal- and then Timothy Dalton was just dark and just cold blooded, and but but also had a heart. And then Pierce Brosnan was like the Superman that could swoop in and, and, and wreck. And he was the exact actor we needed for the 90s Bond movies. Yeah. And that's why when Die Another Day came out in like 2002 and they tried to do what Mission Impossible did, kind of like guess the futuristic of, te- of technology, that things faltered a little bit because they had like invisible cars and they justified yeah. it really well, but it was kind of like... But Mission Impossible does it really well by like coming out with technology that's future- futuristic in the movie. And then like if you watch the first Mission Impossible, like the entire list of all the agents' separated names was on a fucking floppy disk. Mm. And like how they have to steal it. Like, but that was like... It was, like, normal technology at the time, but, like, for it to be like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, the technology that they had with, like, the, the way they, like, dropped into the room and everything like that. Like, at the time, it was, like, cutting edge. Yeah. But now, it's, like, 20 years later, and it's, like, a floppy disk, and they had to, like, like yeah. they had to like swoop into this, like, terminal room yeah. onto, onto, a, onto an old Apple computer to, like, type yeah. in the codes and put in the floppy disk and take half of this and put the other floppy disk. Like, come on. You could do that with, like, you know, you could just hack in and you could just steal someone's phone and have all that info nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now the newer Mission Impossibles are just, like... They've always been accurate with the way the technology goes, other than the best the, the face. hacking scene I think we can all agree on is from Zoolander, right? That's hacking? Yeah. Oh, the files are in the computer? Yeah, the files are in the computer. Oh, and I think it's better than that. Yeah. Gonna, I think that inspired Mission Impossible. <laughs> We're going to bring you down. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the computer. <laughs> what a stupid movie. Oh, man. That was great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's, the, there's, a, there's a little segment on ROMs and emulators and uh, everything like that. Okay, so you won't say what the best console is. What is your, your favorite console? Well, see, it fluctuates. Currently, my favorite game growing up was always Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars for Super Nintendo, if you've ever played. It's made by Square Enix. Um, and Nintendo lent the character IPs to Square Enix, who made this amazing RPG game. And a lot of the characters are locked into that game forever because Square Enix never released their rights. It plays differently. Mm. All the characters are much like the comedy is much more humorous. It's the play style is just amazing, and there's tons to do. That was always my favorite. So to me, Super Nintendo was always my favorite. Okay, but recently on my Xbox, I got I've got obsessed with the reboot of Doom, which if any of you have played original Doom, it's amazing. Is but it I've on heard new, is it on the new Xbox? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The new up uh, the newest Doom game is probably one of my favorite games ever. Holy shit! Say is it because it's is there a whole bunch of nostalgia that goes back to the old Doom? I mean, they use the same guns and the same monsters, and it has that general feel and like the fast-pacedness, but just the satisfaction you get from ripping demons' throats out and breaking their necks, because they have glory kills, where like you rip the heart out, shove it down its throat, and it just oh, like, explodes in its own gastronomic combustion. Oh, my like, God. That's just like the way that you just rip things apart and just like traverse through the caverns of hell and just destroy everything. kind of reminds everything. me of Gears, the way you're describing it. The Doom Slayer would destroy everyone, yeah. including the Gears dudes. Yeah, Gears yeah. dudes don't stand a chance. Well, neither does I the remember, Master Chief, neither does James Bond, neither does anyone. I remember Doom, and then right around the same time was Duke Nukem. Mm-hmm. Duke Nukem also doesn't stand a chance against the Doom Slayer. Yeah. Duke Nukem I, pl- I played early on, but we always had old school Doom, and GoldenEye was popular around the time Duke Nukem yeah. was kind of flying around. But... um. Yeah, if you, I mean, the new, the second Doom, Doom Eternal, is coming out next year in March. The other one came out in 2016, and like I can still play it like it's the first time, even though I played it a million times. Yeah. All unlockables, beat it on the hardest mode. There's actually a mode where you start playing on the hardest difficulty from the beginning of level one. You go through the whole game. No matter where you are when you die, you have to start back at the very beginning. Fuck. It's called Ultra Nightmare. 
I've, got, I've gotten semi-far, but to beat it probably will ruin your life, as per this guy said about how the fact that he ignored his kids to the point where he made his, everyone's life miserable. So if you're out there and trying to beat Ultra Nightmare, quit now. Yo, some guy did that? You're saying a guy did that? Yeah, it was a whole article about how he beat Ultra Nightmare on Doom, and it was like, took forever, but he realized he had like neglected his kids in a very terrible way that was almost borderline unrepairable, but he got out just in time. Oh because he like beat Lord. it and then realized he didn't feel satisfied because like his kid like expressed for the first time how sad he was to be what? like with his dad. Damn! Video games ruin lives, people. It's all about moderation and boundaries. No, legit. Everything in moderation, bro. So, you know, you and I, I've, heard, I've heard uh, pieces and uh, like um, there's been articles done uh, about folks in Japan where they have had to like it's almost like rehab for people that are addicted to video games. Sure. I yeah. mean, people that I mean, it's it's very accessible to people that are very lonely in the world, and I, and I think that I've played the most amount of video games when I felt the loneliest I've been in my life. I think mm. these things do the same thing. Yeah, cell phones are the same way. I mean, you can just be lost on that for hours. But but at least that has access to emails and to social media and to messages and text messaging and taking photos. And there's the occasional games. I don't use my phone for games, but you know, with actual video games in general, you find an immersive one like Fallout or Far Cry or 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 anything that's just like just so in depth like yeah you wake up and all of a sudden it's been like a week and you've barely eaten mm. and you're just sweaty and gross and, and dirty and mm, who cares so I think it's one of those things you just have to watch out for but it's all about moderation yeah you know you get locked in and there you go so that's why yeah. I think for me I, I don't play a lot of modern video games at all like I don't have a modern console and I made a, a uh, and this isn't like a, a diss on anyone that does that you know I've, most of my friends play a lot of video games and like newer stuff too. Uh, but I remember going into college, and that's I think that's when shit was it the 360 that was coming out. Mm -hmm. The year was that 2008. Yeah, Xbox Street. That was so right around then. The big, one, the big And uh, was it PlayStation Three? PlayStation Three came out around the same time. Yeah, yeah, and so I was I had the thought of where okay. Do I buy one of these consoles? And then at the time, because they just came out, they're fucking expensive. Like five hundred bucks or something. Mamma mia! Do I buy a console? And then, if I do, I'm I'm in my head. The way I operate with this shit is, I'm gonna have to play it enough, use it enough, to make to justify it. To justify me spending. It's good. What if you bought it right when it come out? When it comes out, almost a thousand dollars. You know, controllers, games. Battery packs, whatever, whatever. Here we go! And I just didn't. So I've missed like this big chunk of gaming. And now the game industry is fucking gigantic. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, so big, I'm more I like think the gaming industry is bigger than the movie industry. Oh, yeah. Probably I'm more bigger. nostalgic with it. So, because I think the last I think our console generation I was is, really into was PS2. I, right. I yeah. think our generation Which is pretty was nostalgic with it because even as Jeremy was saying, his favorite game is from Super Nintendo, you said? Yeah. And you're still playing all that stuff on your computer, right? You're well, I mean, not so much anymore. When I was in like 2012, 13, I had a resurgence of it all. Because when I went to college, I kind of abandoned my older ways of playing video games and went through the college experience, got set up, like, you know, getting my, getting my footing with acting mm -hmm. and everything. And then eventually I was like, I'm out of college and I'm wading through the inconsistency of acting jobs. Yeah. I should go back to playing video games. So I missed the whole PS2, Xbox 360. Okay. Like, that's what I missed. Okay. So when I got an Xbox, it was the Xbox One. I didn't even have the original Xbox. We went... Oh, wow. Like, I had, like, the PS1 and 64 GameCube times. Yeah, yeah. And then everything stopped until I got an Xbox One because I had just... It was, like, from when I was, like, a junior in high school up until... Which was, like, 
20, 2008 or 9 until like 2014. Yeah. So I missed all of that. Yeah. So when I got an Xbox, I got an Xbox because I never I never played the Halo games. Oh, ever. Shit. I played like Halo 2 I multiplayer do like the Halo in like 7th games. grade. Like the OG, like 1 through 3. I think the, sec- the second or the third one I think is like... Third one is always... Three, three was the one that I resonate with because in college we would just play. Oh, it. right. Non-stop. And I was really bad at it. But oh, I, I still shotguns and swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Run up behind people and just yeah, yeah. stab them real quick. Yeah. I got really good at Halo 5. There you go. Halo 5 got <laughs> shit on for its storyline because it was very in tune with the lore of the books and the comics and not so much the there's, games. There's before. Halo books? There's Halo books, there's Halo comics, there's Halo movies, there's Halo everything. Oh, I have a lot of them. I got into it for a while. It's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's very like sci fi stuff. A lot of elements are you can definitely see they're borrowed from Star Wars, like the, like the energy swords. Yeah. Luckily, there's no energy sword on energy sword fight, or it'd be like compared to lightsaber fights. But, you know, it's, yeah, video games are really cool. But I, I've only played like for the Xbox One. It's like Halo, Doom, GTA. Oh, that's another Wolf one. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. That's just one where it's like this giant map, mm-hmm. and you can just fuck around. That's it's my. Better, it's even better than we live in type. L.A. Yeah, that's, that's my why I like it so much. More. You see all that stuff. Well, I would get stuck yeah. in traffic on the way home, and be wanting to shoot myself, and then I would just go home, get in a jet, rip up the freeway, and then go to bed all calm. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I would do it. It would be great because driving Lyft, I get stuck in traffic all the time, even on the way here. Not, I, even I used to never do the actual missions in Grand Theft Auto. Oh yeah, oh, see, be, I, the storyline's very good. Uh, I bet, but it's would, like, get in a group, and it would just be like, okay, you have to get at least four stars, and then you were timing you. How long can you stay away from the cops? Oh yeah, oh that was and great. Have, it was oh my god, it was so fun. Like jump into the air, just base, running steal up the jet. people, punching them. Yeah, yeah oh yeah, I love <laughs> that's my kind of video right. game. Stealing the jet was the hardest thing. You would go to like North Jumash, jump into the airbase, avoid the tanks and the air to ground and the air to air guns, get into a jet, fly off with the jet, not get it killed. And then bring it back to your hangar. This was a mission. No, this was just no. A, this is just, just, just something you can fuck around. around. Yeah, but if, but I, I you'd have to like parachute into the. That didn't even work. I used to not do that. You would jump a car into over the airbase, distract all the vehicles, and then run because the tanks would just kill you instantly. Like yeah. the airbases don't fuck around. Yeah, it's not like you can oh, just a game cheat code it. There's a military. Like, cheat code it and. Zero I never stars? used cheat codes. Oh, I, I didn't know how to I used to codes. spawn tanks constantly. Oh, that's funny. No, I never <laughs> did like that. All of a sudden, boom, one just falls next to <laughs> yeah. but, but it was a jet that you would steal that you couldn't buy. Oh. It had like machine guns and, and, and rockets. But I did. I got it with all three characters. So each each three characters is their own jet. Like I went on a little bit of an intense binge there for a second. Did you, uh, did you ever do the thing with the shark in the ocean? To try to kill the shark? There's no. a shark in the ocean? Do you guys know about this? No. Okay, so I think it's the same... Uh, GTA that we're talking about, but if you uh, so what I would do, uh, me and Mark, my roommate, one of our favorite things when he had it on the on his old Xbox. I wish we had it again. Anyways, you I would take a jet ski or a boat or whatever, and you just you just drive out from the shore like as long as you can stand, like pretty fucking far. For like a good. Solid five minutes. You're just cruising, no. cruising, cruising, Gosh, cruising. Take you jump out of the boat, and then uh, you're swimming underwater. And eventually, if you're out deep enough, a shark will appear, a big shark. And uh, we always played this game, if you could kill a shark or not. And the thing is, you can only kill it when you're underwater. You only have a knife. And so I think, I don't know if I ever killed it. He killed it one time. Really? Uh, but it was just like a fun little... I mean, I'm assuming well, it kills you. It's to prevent you, you from going out of the bounds of the game. Yeah. Like, that's how it does. Like, if you're flying a jet or a plane out that far, it just falls apart. Yeah. 
once you get out there. Really? Right? Yeah, if you're flying a jet and you go like towards like the edge of the map, the jet will just fall apart. You'll either fall into the water and die, or you'll yeah. fall in the water and get eaten by a shark, or you just blow up with the plane. Pence. Yeah, because you can't, I mean, it's not just—it's not going to be like out of bounds, turn around. Yeah, it's just like nope, you're dead now. I haven't seen a real Truman Show type thing. Yeah, right. I haven't seen the second season yet, and I haven't heard anyone talk about it. But the first season of Westworld was pretty, pretty great. Oh, I only saw like the first episode. I think. Okay. Did you see the first season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, first season and second season. Was the second one anything? Second season wasn't as good as the first one. First season rips. Yep. That's what it makes me think of. Like, well, it's those whole like locked in realities. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's like feels realistic on the inside, but the second you go towards the edge, it's like, wait, this is fake as fuck, mm-hmm. and this is all simulation, mm-hmm. just like our world right now. Yeah. We've never left LA. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, you're originally from the East Coast? Yeah, New Jersey, born and raised till I was 18. Okay, got accepted to California Institute of the Arts. Damn, scooted on out here by myself, and I've been out here ever since, hanging out with Nick. Awesome. The few times I've seen him. <laughs> Uh, Nick and I did a play together. The story of every amateur play ever performed. Oh, that's right. Yep. We did Hell that yeah. put that on uh, did last that year. Last June. Well, yeah. May, like last spring. Last, right. right. Not this past June. The June before. June 2018. Which, to call back my intro to you, you wrote, boom, playwright, produced, boom, producer. There. I've justified myself. And I directed it and acted And you directed it. and acted it. So I've justified myself. Oh, Actor, yeah. director, writer, yeah. producer, screenwriter, Is your boom operator. favorite form of performing um, on stage? Film. Film. That's why I'm out here. Yeah. I live in New Jersey. I could have moved to New York yeah. and done theater forever, but I didn't want to. Yeah. Everyone suggested I do it, but I was like, I know that L.A. is where film is. Yeah. That's where I have to go. Mm-hmm. And I did that play because I had time and because I had just written it one day. Because I was working in a little theater group where it was giving me an opportunity to perform something I wrote, and I decided to write that. And that has since become a full-length play, even though we did a half hour back then. Now it's like an hour long, and it's going up in the Hollywood Fringe Festival next June. Oh, congrats. And I'm looking to get it moving, but Nick and the other cast members don't like to respond to my text messages. So it's, oh, uh. so it's a slightly delayed, but I'm, I've come here to bust his balls, and I busted Ryan's balls like yesterday. And Gia, if you're listening, I'm coming for you next. She's not listening. Uh, no, I think we're all very, very interested. No, I know. It's I'm, just I'm everyone, is, everyone in LA is so busy that was all the, the time. That was the long play for you doing the podcast was to yeah to to meet oh face sure. to face to oh yeah that's the reason that because we oh, last last summer we all got together and, and read it right something like that yeah, yeah. around then yeah so, that's great but we're trying to get together heavily inspired by Among Thieves right because you wrote it after well right I, I was the, the play that we're doing within the play is a heist bank robbery the- uh, uh, thing that is inspired by like the thievery aspect of Among Thieves, but it doesn't parallel it in any way. It's a very... Meta's not the word. Meta is the word. Is the word? Is the word. Do you want to describe the actual... So the play, in the play that I've written, directed, and acted in, I play a character that has written a play that he's directing and acting in. And what he has is three other terrible actors that are the quintessential personification of the horrible actors that exist in L.A., there's the one that does absolutely no preparation. Mm-hmm. There's the one that does absolutely no preparation um, and is all about the business side and basically extremely masturbatory ways, mm-hmm. as in just like promoting on social media, trying to pitch it to agents and managers. And when it comes time for him to perform, he can barely know how to read. That's Nick's character. Oh that's one God. of my characters. One of Nick's characters. And then the other one is the one that's the classic theater student, obsessed with warming up, thinks the only way to become a good actor is by stretching and vocal, ma, 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 me, 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 exercise bullshit. And then there's the other one that just thinks he's the best in the whole wide world and constantly tries to make himself sound good, but in doing so sounds terrible. Kind of like the whole you never want to like plan ways to say lines 
that because it always just ends up being terrible. That's why I hate when I, these are these are this is I've encountered actors of all three of those types over my entire career. And it was very easy to write those characters because I could think of many off the top of my head that I was like, yes. Specific you. examples, including right. uh, Ryan's character, the one that you're talking about just now. Um, it actually gets really confusing because my character's name was Ryan, but we actually had a Ryan, <laughs> a real Ryan. Oh, nice. In right. the cast. And, um, but the real Ryan, the actor Ryan, his character was that guy. And he's heavily based off of a real person who I think quit a play the night of a play or Yeah, there was a play in? that we were doing where the lead actor quit the play the night before because he had some differences with the director. And it was a shitty thing to do. And I later realized the person he was talking about was, in fact, a shitty person. But at the time, it was kind of like, yo, you had these castmates and you just bailed on the whole thing. And it became this whole ordeal. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the last straw of like actors like that. Um, but just so we stay on track with, with yeah. getting the, the plot line down. I These three terrible actors are in the play that my character, Robbie, is directing. And they're really terrible actors, and they all, and like the play starts off with them fighting at each other's throats. The show's coming up soon, and my character's just had enough. And I'm just very just like submissive to the fact that they're ruining everything. And they vow that no, that the three of them are never going to quit because they'd rather die than to quit before the other ones. And they leave. <laughs> and it turns out that my character, Robbie, also has three best friends that are the quintessential good actors, but they're unable, I'm quoting, quote, quote, unable to be in the play at the moment. Those three actors come in, and they're like, off book, they're they're attentive. They're they know their beats and their lines. Not not the lines they use their scripts because they're not in it, but they like are just the best. Mm. And they represent the best kind of actors that I've worked with in my career. And these actors are the same actors, right? That play the other three. The three actors that are the anti characters are also the positive characters. So the three actors walk out after killing it at each other's throats, slightly change something with their appearance, come back out, and they're the supportive best friends. And what happens is they devise a plan to make the anti characters quit. So what happens is the three good characters eventually convince one of the bad characters to quit, and the actor playing that negative role leaves, and the one and the same actor replaces them with the one playing the positive role. So you have the th- same three group of actors, but some are positive and some are negative, and eventually it goes wild, dude. So eventually it goes to the point where they're able to put on the show that they have in fact achieved what they wanted to, and they have a happy ending for that. But it turns out that those three positive characters are using the script about robbing a bank as a blueprint to actually rob a real bank. And that is act two. Whew. That's that. It's called The Story of Every Amateur Play. Ever there is performed. one more twist at the end, but we should probably save that. We'll, right? say, well of course, yeah. we can't yeah. give everything away. you got to pay, pay for your tickets. Come on in. It's going <laughs> to be very fun. It's, it's going to be. There's a lot of, it's, there's, there's a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. Things are happening so it, all the time. It's, it works out perfectly that it's a small cast because we all spend all of the rehearsals together. We're always all in it. It's not like there's anyone that's detached. And the cool thing is, is that, uh, yeah, like I like Nick, like I found Ryan and Gia through the auditions. Mm-hmm. Nick, I couldn't find someone to play the role. And I was like, I don't know who to do. But I, Nick seemed perfect for the role. I didn't even have a Nick audition because why would I? I know how he is. And I brought him in and... We just have to uh, work on Nick's diaphragmic use so he doesn't sound so much like a film actor, more of a stage actor, and he's going to be perfect. Mm. Wink, wink. <laughs> Everyone uh, has their yeah. own specific things I would work them with because I do have to do the actual real directing. Mm. But Nick is phenomenal, and if you want to see him, then uh, it'll be next June in the Hollywood Fringe Festival. I've been surveying venues and looking at pricing costs, and it's going to happen. I already had it put in a news article, so it's definitely happening. That's right. Back home, right? Yeah, back home. I had a news article written about Among Thieves, and it mentioned the play in the end as something I'm currently working on now. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna it's probably gonna be an hour show because for the Hollywood French it's either a half hour or an hour or an hour and a half in segments, and 
that's what we're gonna do. We've been looking at some cool theaters, the Lounge Theater. Like I think you're doing some of that right now. Yeah, in January um, we're planning on putting up a run. Yeah, and we're doing a. I, I, I've surveyed a whole lot of the like cool of like the 50 seat theaters for the Hollywood the Fringe Festival. So it's been going really well. And then you know next year we're gonna we're gonna meet together this year and kind of talk about a whole bunch and go over the script. And then next year it's gonna be balls to the walls, baby. It's gonna be really, yeah. really, but, really fun. Yeah, so it is based off of Monk Thieves, and and you were asking earlier about the film that I did in Brazil. That is because. For Among Thieves, it was the same kind of thing as our film. We were one. There was kind of like the four of us. There's there's five thieves, but there's four of us that kind of stick together. And it was one of those things where you know, day one, we were either going to hate each other or love each other by the end, and we've been best friends ever since. One of the guys in that cast went on to become a producer, and he was working on some completely other film with a bunch of other producers. And they needed an actor that they could trust and could handle extreme conditions and could deliver properly on what they needed. And he called me up. And he was like, hey, it films in Brazil. It's going to be like two weeks like or like three, four weeks in December. Are you down? And I said, of course I am. Let's figure out how to make it happen. And another one of the guys from Among Thieves is also in it. Mm-hmm. And that producer who's in Among Thieves is also in it as like a supporting role. And another one of the thieves does like a voiceover for a character that had too thick of an accent. So all of the thieves from the Thieves movie, the, the four like that stay together... Are also in this film. That's awesome. Credit. So kind of. So it really is who you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, people it's, talk about it all the time in almost of a jokey way, but it is until it happens to you, as in Nick getting cast in a play from me working on a film with him. Right. And, and you, you even got me an audition for that Brazilian movie. Yeah, Nick did audition. So Nick did. Nick did actually how, did an audition. This is how I learned. Um, cool. Yeah, but at that time we were scheduled to do a different script. It didn't end up happening, but they really liked Nick. But I was like, you know, unfortunately we had to. It was a whole other thing. Yeah. So but, about but, plane but, tickets. Well, right. There was, oh, yeah, that was a whole, that was a, that was a whole deal. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. But, um, yeah, so that movie's called Deep Hatred. It's a psychological thriller. I get to play the lead role in that film. Um, basically, it's the story of uh, two couples, uh, me and my girlfriend and, and uh, another guy and his girlfriend, go up to my girlfriend's deceased father's, like, ranch. And it's there where we discovered that there was, like, this secret hidden cult, and my character causes some shit, and then Whoa. has to solve some shit, and it's really cool. Um, hopefully, I'll get to see, like, a rough cut of it soon not a rough cut it's picture locked but it still needs a couple special effects but it's gearing up for what they've predicted to be a Netflix release oh fantastic um, let's you know fingers crossed that actually that it's actually followed through upon tentative date no I don't know anything about it. I mean I, I think that it's probably going to be later next later 2020 or early 2021 mm-hmm. that's just being shooting far out um, you never you never really know with these things it could come out tomorrow I don't know I'm actually kind of glad it's not releasing around the same time as Among Thieves is because promoting two feature films that I was in would be a little bit of an ordeal. Oh I don't think God. my Instagram timeline could handle oh it. Oh, my God. My followers would hit the mute button faster than I could put the posts out. So, <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's something that's... that's oh, I know man. that all of the feature films and projects I've acted in can get very confusing because there's just so many of them with my plays and my... And I haven't even told you about the 24 short films I've done in the last four years. Oh, my God. Some of which I've, I just shot one the other day with a wonderful director from Biola University. Um, and he has very extremely amazing ideas. Um, his name is uh, is John. And I just got to work with him. And I worked with him last year on a film that I did before I went to Brazil that I was fortunate enough to win a Best Actor award at a film festival. It's called Mallory Los Angeles. And I'm working on a couple other films right around now. Um, yeah, and just get, you know, really just kind of taking, I took a little bit of time off just to get everything ready before 2020 so I can have, be ready with photos and resumes and reels, everything updated. So when 2020 comes, you can hit the ground running and just come out flying. So cool. basically the takeaway from all this is fucking watch Among Thieves, people. It has been so hard to get people to watch the movie. <laughs> I'm sitting right now being interv- interviewed by two people who have not yet watched it. 
I'm supposed to watch it with you. No, no, you don't. You pay yes. your twelve. You pay your twelve ninety nine like everybody else. Well, you're yeah. gonna watch it with me when <laughs> I pay my twelve ninety nine. Fine, but you're not allowed to ask me questions during the movie. Of course. Why would I? Not you'd be surprised. Idiot. You'd be surprised. Let <laughs> me just look at you the whole time. What's no, you'd happened? be surprised that people have been like, "Do you want to come over and watch it?" I'll be like, "No," because you're gonna talk to me the whole time, and I, you can ask me like people text me while they're watching the movie, dude. I'll just Dude, give you a fucking people, monster energy drink and uh, that'll shut you we up actually and were then I'll watch it. We, we were, that wouldn't shut me up. I mean, we, were, <laughs> we were sponsored by Monster on that you movie. Do not so we had need cases a and cases and cases of Monster. You do not need a monster. In that movie, there that are is, scenes where my eyebrow twitches because I had like three monsters in me. You're not we were, the only one who thinks he we, doesn't need monsters. We were all in long black pants and long black sleeves in the middle of the desert, 110 degrees, doing screaming, yelling, intensive scenes. Of course we had a million monsters on set. And of course I drank a whole bunch of them. And of of course, I got constipated for days. But was that, that's just the risks you take? Because that was a big thing when we when we did our movie. It was, Clogs you up. I didn't know that. Oh, was yeah. uh, Jeremy's infatuation with monsters was among thieves? Why you got into monster? Yeah, I never had a monster before then. He, he would drink like four a day while we were shooting the movie. And it was like two or three. I think four can kill you. Andrew, who directed it and produced it, was always just it was my like, riders, dude. He was like, "What do you need like, on set?" And I was like, "I just need monster energy drinks and some sparkling water." Yep, Jesus it was always there. Christ. Yeah, but Andrew would always just be like, "You don't need a monster." Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, when it comes to like the like the physical tiredness that we were having, it, it helped with that. And it couldn't have been like I don't I've never had coffee before in my life, and I and I feel like that would have just oh that's not might be I wanted right. something cold. I needed a cold energy drink. It was a hundred degrees, so I wouldn't even want to be drinking hot coffee. Yeah. Monster energy drink feels like a soda, and then just gets you wired. I don't drink Monster all the time, as you can tell. I don't need it. Um, yeah. But I've had a cup of coffee and I'm like, man, we are very different. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, over the course of being an actor, I've learned what helps me. And monster sure. is not the best for you, but it, but when it, but every time someone says, "What can I get for you?" on set, I say, "A monster," because if we're filming twelve hour days and I have a lot to do, like for a month, I had a lot to do and it was yeah. high energy the whole time. I couldn't be getting tired around hour seven. Yeah, uh, seven or eight. It was just like. Or like you know, I I would rare, I rarely eat lunch when Crafty comes because it just weighs you down. Like one time there was a scene ride to get beat up, and they were like, "All right, we're done with this scene." And I went and ate a whole bunch of Panda Express, and they're like, "Oh wait, we have to do it four more times." And I was like, "Fuck you! I just ate all this food, and I'm tired. Now I gotta get the crap beaten out of me, almost yeah. literally." Um, but you know, Monster is one of those. Like one time I filmed a short film. Actually, I'll send it to you after this. I just saw it for the first time yesterday. We filmed in the Angeles National Forest for two days straight. From like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. First of all, must have been beautiful. It was freezing fucking cold. Yeah. Beautiful my ass, dude. It was pitch black. <laughs> it was pitch black and it was freezing cold and I had to play like a goofy medieval type character. Okay. And I needed monsters. It was freezing cold. There weren't enough chairs. I had to sit on a freaking stump. I, I was in all these like uncomfortable, like the first night I didn't wear warm enough clothes. I was dying. We're so opposite. In that regard, <laughs> what? I would much rather sit on a stump than a fucking chair. Well, like when you're like filming for 12 hours and you want to sit down after a take, it's, yeah. you know, a, but I'm talking about like a stump, like a stump, like this high. Not like the stump, the height of a chair, like a little stump that probably if I sit on it wrong is going to go up my butt. <laughs> is that a good place? That's for, a good visual. There was, there was a good visual right there. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you don't, don't, don't knock it until you try it. That's yeah. Exclamation point. Send, send exclamation me, point. Send me that short film. I will. I will. And, and you know, the thing about it is, is like it's, when it comes down to it, you have to do the thing that will make the performance impactful in the film. Like, Correct. It doesn't matter. Like, if, if me needing to do this scene requires me not eating lunch in three years from now, that's not going to fucking matter whether or not I was a little bit hungry. What's yeah. going to matter is what's actually viewable on the film right then and there. Yeah. And I, and I watched this film, and by the looks of it, you can't tell how tired I was. You can't tell how cold it was. You can't tell how uncomfortable I was yeah. because you just have to deal with it. And that's something you hear like even the highest end of actors talk about. 
how it's just uncomfortable as fuck. And it's, but on, on film, it might not look that way. And you can't have excuses like that. You can't yeah. let your performance suffer and be like, oh, well, it was because blah, 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 blah. Like, so when I was there and there were no chairs and not enough food and the hot food came cold and it was just, you know, really low budget and they, and they were spending too long on a wide shot, didn't matter. Because when it comes down to it, like, I need to fucking deliver. And because that's, because that movie's going to exist for the rest of my life. Mm. And people don't really think about that so much. Like, plays and stuff are great. But unless you document it through video, it goes away. But films, like, I could be 95 years old one day. And I'll be like, here you go. This was a film I did when I was 24 years old. And I want to be proud of it forever. Like, this film that I did in Brazil, hot as fuck. I was in every scene. I was the only one without a day off. And it's like, it's not going to reflect on film just how tough it was. Yeah. Because it, I will never let it. And I think if you let it, then that will be your greatest downfall. That's a great, that's a like great the, uh, the, mentality. Right? The last day of the film that Nick and I did, I got a heat stroke mm. from doing it. That very last day where I think you had, to, you had to leave early and I was supposed to leave early to get to work. I had to call out of work and I almost got fired because I like no show, no call for like 10 minutes. But it's because I was at the location... And the, the director-producer's wife was shooting me with the hose because I had actually become physically overheated to the point where I almost passed out and got sick. But you won't see that on the film. So if this is a lesson to any actors out there, it's like, yo, figure out what the fuck you need to do to mm. give her your best performance. And if you're struggling, figure it out. Monsters do help me. So, so it, I mean, it, it is hilarious. and it does. sponsored it, by Monster. Yeah. Right. It is hilarious. And it, it is funny that someone like me would, would drink a Monster Energy drink. But... It is important. Some people have various other things. Yeah. You know, you'll talk about, you know, you could listen, I'm sure there's tons of, of A-list actors that have just weird shit they need, not yeah. even that they want. Like all like, you know, lot size trailers aside, you need certain drinks, certain foods, who knows? Someone might want like Skittles or some shit or, or, or candy or, or just whatever keeps you going, something that yeah. makes you happy. Um, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of films coming out and um, we're trying to get some more of the short films that, are, that we're really proud of onto Amazon Prime onto more publicly accessible streaming services because they do their festival run for a year and then after that it's very important to figure out where they go after that mm. and um, so I've kind of been talking with a lot of filmmakers to be like yo there is a way to get this approved to go onto Amazon Prime where people can watch it for free if they have Prime let's figure it out yeah. because the problem with short films compared to feature films is that they can get lost in the weeds yeah. you get them you make them they go to festivals and then that's it. So I would do a film I would talk about, and people are like, where can I see it? And I'm like, well, it's at the film festival run right now. All yeah. I have is maybe a private link, but I believe that there needs to be an outlet for more short films out there mm-hmm. in order for people to see them more. Mm-hmm. And there already is, Amazon Prime already does have short films. You just have to figure out how to get it on there, and and uh, yeah, go for it. So do you guys have any questions about any of that? <laughs> Not at all. Um, it's like a school. My, yeah, my question is, Mr. Sless, how do the people listening to this find you? Social media wise, find me what per- or... like personality wise, or I, mean, I, I feel like they'd be a little put off by my intensive personality. No, we don't care about their opinion. Waiters and waitresses just... are often unsure how to handle me. Yeah, yeah. Me and my girlfriend were hanging out the I other day. Uh, we were we were we were out and uh, we were at Starbucks and I was ordering some crazy sugary drink that I get that she discovered she also liked as well. And I'm talking with the lady at the counter asking her how her day was and she was asking what we were doing today and I was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna go to the Glendale Gallery and we're gonna play some video games and we're gonna cuddle and we're gonna drink these drinks and we're gonna have fun. And this lady next to me out of nowhere just goes, oh my god, that sounds like a great day. Can I come? And I was like, yeah, sure, everything except the cuddling. She didn't ask any questions after that, but. We can, only, we can only imagine. She got her point. Her thoughts. I think she got the point. <laughs> um, and if you and, and you know this is a, this is a nice little uh, nice little plug right here. My girlfriend's a therapist. Oh, cool. So there's that. So 
Jeremy has a therapist for a girlfriend, which is great because my parents always said I should see a therapist. So I got ex- now I'm doing exactly that. Yeah, seeing a therapist every day, all the time. <laughs> she lives in Santa Barbara and she's super awesome. Awesome. Hello, my wonderful girlfriend, who I'm not going to say your name because I don't want people stalking you. Hey, there you go. Hi, everyone Hello. say hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, Jeremy, where do we find you on social media? Oh, right. That was the question before I distracted to plug my girlfriend and other things like that. Wink, wink. That's what she said. Uh, you can go, you can find me on, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Jeremy Sless, J-E-R-E-M-Y-S-L-E-S-S, like the opposite of a s'more, a sless and a s'more, opposite of a s'more, sless is more. Um, oh my god, that's fucking great! Isn't it great? I've known it since 2008. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, it's also I also own the website domain. Do it so anyone else that wants to use less is more. Fuck off! I already have it. Um, you can find me there. My website www.jeremysless.com. I'm basically Jeremy Sless everywhere because no one else has that name other than me, except for Jeremy Slessor, who owns like a European golf company. Oops, maybe I shouldn't have said his name. Oh well, he probably needs the business. He's he lives in Europe, so he's fine. And yeah, you can do that um, on my IMDb and on YouTube. You can see a lot of one-minute clips from a large selection of my films, about 40 clips from all the films I've done over the last four, uh, over the last 10 years. Cool. Um, so you can see comedy, you can see drama, you can see reels. The website has a good offering for that. You'll see a bunch of news. I have Twitter, where I don't have a huge following because I'm not funny, and on Twitter you have to be funny. On Instagram you have to be on vacation, and on Facebook you have to argue politics with your family members. Uh, <laughs> so you got the movie Among Thieves. It is out now. Among Thieves is out now. For streaming, it is $3.99 to rent, $12.99 to buy. You can watch it on all of those streaming services that I mentioned above. You can also buy it on DVD. Uh, make sure to buy it, support your fellow artist, me. And yeah, make sure to give it a, a good rating and review if you can on Amazon, IMDb. I think every one of them has their own rating outlets. It's an amazing movie. Feel free to contact me. Let me know how you felt about it. Uh, I, I do get a lot of fan mail, so I'll do my best to weed through it, especially with this kind of propelling my career. I mm. might... Um, I might need to hire a PR assistant, but also keep a lookout for Nick Grace and I's film coming out in January of 2027, I think. I think that's the release date. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah Nick, I, uh, the takeout move. Nick, Nick plays Davis, I play Whalen. Uh, my car's name is Whalen because I got it around that time. My, yes. lease is, my lease is almost up for that car, so that goes to show how long it has actually been. Um, and also stay tuned for the Fringe Festival. Oh, right. The Hollywood Fringe Festival is in June. It's like, I, I think they just announced their dates. I don't have them off the top of my head, but it is the majority of June. That's going to be a crazy, crazy time to come out and support our play. The story of every amateur play ever performed. That's right. And Nick is in it. He's phenomenal. He garners lots of laughs, which we have video documented. Because he's hilarious. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. And then, uh, so do you. So does Ryan. So does Gia. It's a great cast. Yeah. And, I'm not, and I told them that if I have to replace one of you, I'm replacing all of you. I refuse to swap. Fair enough. Oh, cool. I refuse to bring a new person into the mix because, like we said, that can be jarring to people that already have such a, such, a, such a dynamic. Absolutely. So, unfortunately, you know that's kind of what I've been juggling right now. And I know that everyone's on board. We confirmed that a while ago. And we're also going to throw in some real life bank robberies to kind of get into character. Um, yeah. So. And also fund it. Also fun. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. we, we do need some funding. Most importantly, so I'll use my cut from uh, Among Thieves and Deep Hatred whenever whenever that shows up on my doorstep. And uh, also my lift earnings. So, what else? Anyone have a question? Or are we out of time? That's all we got for you. That's all we got. Yep. Thanks so much for coming over. Yeah, hashtag, dude, this is great. Hashtag less is more. Less is more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to yet another impressive, impeccable, amazing, best show on the entire planet episode of Another Shape Podcast. I've been your host, Nick Grace. This has been Trent. 
Bruce. Your other host. <laughs> and we are so stoked, as we always are, that you gave this a listen. Shout out to Jeremy Sless, guest of this week's episode. Yep. Shout out to all of the um, video game knowledge that was dropped. James Bond knowledge that was dropped. Yep. Shout out to Among Thieves, his Check new out movie some of that's his out. Stuff, yeah. The dude is a bundle of energy. He's always doing something. Super positive. Great friend. Before we get out of here, I do want to say shout out to the firemen of mm. California. Firemen mm. all over the all over the world, but like the firemen of California for handling all of the wildfires crazy, in the LA man. area. Yeah, that's crazy. All over California, really. Yeah. They're incredible and they're selfless and they don't get enough credit. They don't get enough credit because people only talk about them around this time. And we're a few days behind just because of recording. But uh, shout out our veterans. We just had Veterans Day. That's right. So all the ladies and guys who have served, we thank you. Who make it possible for us to even have a shitty podcast. The shittiest podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do it because of them. Yeah. We have a lot of freedom and we love it and we're thankful. And we hope to continue that. And so, shout out to all you guys. Thank you very much. And shout out to Lolo Jones. She's the reason for the season. <laughs>